We meet today in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 to verse 24. The church will be a bride, and we are talking about the experience of the church. Each real believer should have an experience. I believe in experience, and notice what that experience is to be. Ephesians 5, verse 18 and 19. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, this is not just a dry discourse against the evils of drunkenness, actually, even though drunkenness was the besetting sin of the ancient world, and it is still the besetting sin of this hour today. It may actually be the sin that will destroy Africa and even the whole world, but this is not a lecture on drunkenness. That's what I want to mention here. Paul is not giving a lecture on drunkenness. Actually, he is making a comparison. Don't be drunk with wine. Why not? Because it will stimulate temporality. It will energize the flesh. But then it will let you down and lead you in the direction of profligacy and dissoluteness. And will finally eventuate in desperation and despair and delirium. That is not what you need, Paul says. Now it is true that people today feel a need for something, which I think explains the many bars that are built in many of our urban areas, the many cocktails that are all over the place. People tend to hard liquor to feel the need that is in them. If they are not children of God, they have no other resource, they have no other hope. That is the same for you, my friend. However, the child of God is not to be filled with wine, but to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is to be the experience of the believer. The experience of the believer is to be filled by the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? We can find the analogy in the man who is drinking, which is the reason Paul uses it here. The man who is drinking is possessed by the wine. You can tell that a man is drunk. In contrast, it is the Holy Spirit who should be the one to possess the believer, a child of God. It is a divine intoxication that is to fill the need in us. This is not an excessive emotionalism, but rather that which furnishes the dynamic for living and for accomplishing something for God. When we are filled by the Holy Spirit, it means that we are controlled by the Holy Spirit. The work of a child of God and his being filled with the Spirit are closely related. Paul says that a believer is to walk carefully and wisely and is to be filled with the Spirit. These are the commands which are given to the believer. This filling is a constant renewal of the believer's life for strength and action, which is indicated here by the use of the present tense, be filled. The spirit-filled believer not only walks wisely, 
but his Christian character is evidenced by the fruit of the Spirit, as Galatians 5, verse 22 and 23 say. A believer is never commanded, actually, to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, but we are told that we are baptized into one body. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. Did we do that by some effort on our part? Actually, no. It was by our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit regenerates and indwells believers. The Holy Spirit seals us and the Holy Spirit baptizes us and puts us into the body of believers. However, the believer needs the filling of the Holy Spirit to save Christ. The disciples were gathered on the day of Pentecost. They needed to go out into the world for Christ and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They had that experience which enabled them to witness on that day. The Spirit of God was given not for sure. The Spirit of God was given so that even when we express His gifts, we serve the church. We let the light of God be seen in a world of darkness. To be filled with the Spirit of God is, I think, as simple as driving to a filling station, to a petrol station, and tell them, fill it up. As you start out in the morning with the Lord, you say, Lord, I want to walk today in the Spirit. As I will start my morning, I do the same. You see, I cannot do it myself. I need your power. That's how I would speak to the Lord. I need your help. You see, my friend, we as believers need to start the day by asking for an infilling of the Holy Spirit. This is something which is desperately needed by all believers, both those in ministry and those who are not necessarily in a full-time ministry. You may have been filled with the Spirit of God yesterday or last week, but that won't suffice for today, my friend. When you are filled with the Spirit, you will do something for God. You will be walking in the Spirit. But that does not mean you will have enough for tomorrow. You need another infilling for tomorrow. The old gas tank needs another fill up. Thus, the command to be filled with the Holy Spirit is a daily command. This is the reason some people can be so mightily used of God one day and so feel empty the next day. We need a fresh filling of the Spirit of God. This will enable us to walk in the Spirit. We may stumble at, and fall at times, but we get up and try again, and someday we will become better walkers in the Spirit. God wants you and me to learn to walk in the Spirit. He wants us to be filled with His Spirit. Now what is one of the evidences of being filled with the Spirit? Is it speaking in tongues? Is it doing mighty works? While all these things may actually have their place when God chooses to do so, the passage that we are reading today, the evidences of being filled with the Spirit is given here. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. It is a good thing that the Spirit of God said it was speaking to one another. If he had said singing, it would have left the people who can't sing out, you see. And I think Psalms basically refers to the book of Psalms 
as, as probably all of them had been set to music. Hymns were composed by men to glorify God. They were on a very high plane. The spiritual songs were less formal than either psalms and hymns. Probably some of them were composed as the person was singing. This is the manifestation of the infilling of the Spirit of God because he brings joy into the life of the believer. So Paul would even write to the Philippians, Rejoice in the Lord. And again I say, rejoice. I would like to mention one more thing about the comparison of being drunk with wine and being filled with the Spirit. The Apostle John says that one of the reasons he wrote his epistle was so that your joy may be full. John 15 verse 11. This fullness of joy is to be through our fellowship with the Father and with Jesus Christ. First John 1 verse 3 and 4. So we ought to have a good time and we ought to have fun in the church in God's house. I don't mean a period of silliness. But I mean the joy of the Lord should be there. That kind of joy comes through the feeling of the Spirit of God. Sometimes you walk into a church and you feel there is a funeral simply because the people are not showing joy. You see, the psalmist said, I was glad when they said to me, Come, let us go to the house of the Lord. Ephesians 5 verse 20 giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, another evidence of being filled with the Spirit is an attitude of thankfulness. We note in the book of Psalms a great amount of thanksgiving and praise to God, and it is on a high level. We don't have enough of that among believers today. We should all say, Praise the Lord and hallelujah and thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift, indescribable gift, Christ Jesus. You see, can you say that from the depth of your heart? It is no good unless it comes from the heart and the feeling of the Spirit of God produces a life of thankfulness so that we can honestly thank God for all things. My friend, you don't have to run around telling everyone you love them. Show them that you love them. Be filled with the Spirit so there will be joy and love and thanksgiving in your life. And this is a very practical suggestion. This is down to earth where the rubber hits the road. People do not need to hear you tell them that you are full of the Spirit of God. They must simply see it. Because of the joy in your life. Because of the fruit that you produce. So why don't you drive into the service station, into the filling station, and ask God to fill you up. Your old gas tank is now empty. You and I don't have anything worthwhile in ourselves. So we need to go to God and tell him that we are empty. And that we need the filling of the Holy Spirit so we can live for him. We need to see that it is an impossibility by ourselves, but that he can do it through us. Let me repeat this again, because it is so important. We are told to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the only command given to the believer relative to the Holy Spirit. The other ministries of the Holy Spirit are accomplished in us when we received Christ. 
Every believer is regenerated by the Holy Spirit. The believer is also indwelt by the Spirit. And the believer is sealed by the Holy Spirit. Also, the believer is baptized by the Holy Spirit. These four ministries of the Holy Spirit take place the moment the child of God trusts Christ for salvation. It is all accomplished for us. The only thing which is left up to us is to obey his command to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5 verse 21 Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Now submit is a very interesting word. It does not mean obey. Paul is not saying that the child of God is a back private in the rear rank taking orders from somebody in the church who thinks he is a sergeant or a captain. No, no, no. We do take orders, but they are from the captain of our salvation, Jesus Christ. Joshua thought he was a general of the children of Israel. He saw a man with a sword drawn standing at the edge of the camp, and he asked, Are you for us or for our adversaries? It was actually a rebuke. Then that one, who was the pre-incarnate Christ, turned and said, No. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. This is from Joshua 5, verse 13 and verse 14. Joshua went down on his face and even took off his shoes because he was on holy ground. He learned that he had a captain. You and I are under a captain, but the relationship is not military, but on the basis of love. Our Lord Jesus said, if you love me, Keep my commandments. John 14 verse 15. And I think there is an alternative there. If you don't love me, forget the commandments. Now we see here that you and I are to submit ourselves to one another in the fear of God. That doesn't mean we are to salute and fall down before human beings who outrank us. No, no, no. It does mean that in the fear of Christ, we are to walk with one another in lowliness of mind. If you will turn back to chapter 4, verse 1 and verse 2, you will see that Paul begins this section by saying that our walk should be in lowliness and meekness or gentleness. This is the same thing that we have here. But notice in chapter 4, it begins with, I beseech you. This is not a command. It is the language of love. The fires of Sinai have died down, and now it is based on what has been done by Christ at Calvary. It is based on the grace of God. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you are called, with all lowliness and gentleness. You see, submitting yourself one to another in the fear of the Lord means that you do not try to run the church. Pastors, officers in the church, members of the church, all of us are supposed to submit to one another in the fear of Christ. It cannot be my way proposition. No, no one can say, I want you to know that I will do as I please. No, if I want to do it this way, I will do it this way. Such an attitude is not a mark of a spirit-filled child of God. Submitting ourselves to one another in the fear of God is another mark of being filled with the Spirit of God. 
Now, there are some people who would claim to be filled by the Spirit of God, yet they will not want to submit one to another. In fact, some do have a spiritual superiority complex. That is not the order of God's word. Here is Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 to verse 24. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is head of the wife as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. The word submit relative to wives needs to be understood a little differently from the way it has been so often interpreted in the past. It is not wives obey your husbands. Submit is a very mild word. It is a loving word. It means to respond to your own husband as to the Lord. The way we respond to the Lord is that we love him because he first loved us. And notice that it says to your own husbands, a very personal loving relationship is the ground for submission. Paul is definitely speaking to believers about the Christian marriage. In this relationship of husband and wife, the man is the aggressor. He is the aggressor physically. He is the aggressor in the home. He should be the breadwinner, the one who goes out with the lunch pail each day. And that doesn't give him the authority to be a top surgeon in the home either. The wife is to respond to him as the believer is to respond to Christ in a love relationship. Woman is the responder and man is the aggressor. The man is to say, I love you. And he is the one who does the proposing. She is the one who says, yes. No woman is asked to say, I love you to a man until he has first of all said, I love you. It is not her business to be the aggressor. Her role is the sweet submission of love. For the husband is the head of the wife as also Christ is head of the church. In what way is this relationship shown? You see, it is a love relationship, and the husband is to be the head for the sake of order. You will find this section of Ephesians, that there are four different areas in which there is headship for the sake of order. Wives are to be subject to their husbands. Husbands are to be subject to Christ. Children are to submit to parents. Servants are to submit to their masters. It is to be a sweet submission, sweet subjection, a willing subjection to someone who loves you. It is to be that kind of a relationship. If there is no love in it, the idea of submission isn't worth a snap of the finger there. It is the man who is to keep the love light burning. In the beautiful song of Solomon, the bridegroom says to the bride, Behold, you are fair, my love. Behold, you are fair. Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 15. And she responds, My beloved is mine, and I am his. Chapter 2, verse 16. You see, he expresses his love first, then she responds. I am not just overrubbing and overstamping effect here. It is even supported by the Old Testament teaching of the Word of God. 
Back in the Garden of Eden, God made them that way. God started off with a romantic pair, Adam and Eve. Probably he didn't give that woman to Adam until Adam realized that he needed someone. She was given as a helpmate. A helpmate is just the other half of man. Man is half a man without a wife. God joined them together and called them Adam. Now some young men will say, Preacher, I'm not that kind of a person. I am no hero. Well, may I say to you that God never said that every girl would fall in love with you. Ninety-nine women or more than that may pass you by and see in you the only and interesting boy next door. But one day there will come a woman who will see in you oh, the knight in shining armor. It is God who gives that highly charged chemistry between a certain man and a certain woman. Paul's instructions regarding the home teach that the Christian home is to be a mirror of the relationship between Christ and the church. Christ's relationship to the church is different from the relationship of husband and wife in that Christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body. The husband is not the savior of the wife, but in the realm of submission, the wife should be subject to the husband and to the Lord Jesus Christ. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus two seven seven two six four one four four seven five. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code 27 followed by 72641-4475. From within South Africa, it's 072-641-4475.